It is Wednesday, March 25th, and for today's episode, I spoke with my friend Kay, who I met in high school and is currently living in France, and her and I were talking this weekend, and uh, she agreed to let me record our conversation, and I just finished editing it together and today's episode is going to be my conversation with Kay to hear how how does it feel in France right now during the coronavirus pandemic and uh, we got into an interesting conversation around mental health and how we're both mentally dealing with the day-to-day of our current realities. I hope you all enjoy and uh, yeah here's here's our chat. Don't make fun of this headset. (laughs) Wow. Did you get a new job at a call center? (laughs) What is going on? Is that from my computer lab when I was in grades for geography? What? Where did you get that? I stole it from our computer lab and I just kept it to all these years. I said, you know what I would really want to keep with me amongst my travels? This sweet headset. (laughs) I mean, is it? I respect it. I respect it. <laughs> I feel like that laugh says otherwise. No. <laughs> I was just on a call with someone new that I'm working with. And I was like, I, she had said something and I was like, oh yeah, I love that. And then I said, just to be clear, that's how my voice always sounds. Like I actually do love that. It sounds like I'm being sarcastic, but no, it's a good idea. <laughs> I've been blessed. I, it's a blessing and a curse. This, this voice of mine. I would love to know from you, and we talked about it a bit this weekend, but I've actually told a few people that are listening to the podcast that I was going to interview you and talk to you about France, and they were really excited. I don't know if it's just to get a break from my voice or if (laughs) whatever it is, but um, I would love to know from you about like what the current status is of like daily life for you, how long it's been that way. Um, Yeah, just sort of a recap set the stage it's uh march 25th right now that we're talking so how how is it yeah we were fully aware of the coronavirus back in early february still not really understanding the gravity of it and then um march um 16th came along and then we got the news we're in quarantine and again slow uptake people were still like "Ah, whatever it's not gonna be my problem and the worst thing is a couple of days later when we were constantly hearing the news reports, it is serious. Stay at home, stay at home, stay at home. It's not just young people that I saw. That I saw posts of elderly people who could not give a fuck. Sorry for the language. I don't know if we were... Yeah, um, you swear. I yeah. swear. I swear. Yeah. I fucking yeah. swear, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that was a bit Trumpy there. What can, I, what can I say? Greatest country <laughs> in the world. I'm cutting all of this shit out. But... Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and the, the worst thing that I saw was uh, reports of an, uh, like elderly people hanging out at the beach getting their tan on because we were lucky to have 17 degrees or 16 degrees in February. And they said, I don't care. Like, this is being blown out of the proportion by the media. I don't believe it. I'm going to be fine. 
there's nobody on the beach anyways. I'm not in contact with anyone. And, like, it, it just boggles my mind, the level of selfishness um, that people have, that I was just like, no, they, it is serious. Just pick up a piece of paper, or the news, rather, and then you'll see it. But anyways. Okay, Kay, so I feel like the U.S. and what it feels like in the U.S. and in New York is not far behind how things feel in France. So tell me some details around the restrictions that you're currently facing in regards to if you want to leave the house, like what, tell, tell mm-hmm. me some, some of the, the realities that you're faced with right now. So some of the realities that we're facing in France that will most likely, I feel like will come to the U.S. Uh, the new norm right now is the attestation de déplacement. It's like a letter, it's a justification uh, to be exempt to leave your house. Uh, for four reasons. It's to be able to go grocery shopping uh, for medical reasons or to have exercise and, and stretch your legs um, with your dog for even. Uh, or the last one would be um, if you are going to a jury or you have a legal ob- obligation. So those are kind of like the justified reasons to have this letter. And it has to be dated. Um, it has to be signed with your name and where you live so that they can validate that you're within that specific area. So that's another restriction. If I were to go grocery shopping, I cannot pick and choose my favorite uh, grocery store that I wanted to go to. I have to stay within my village. Um, and that's another thing. We, it's like we have a maximum one kilometer that you can kind of go out into. Um, and we live in a small village uh, that is neighboring another village called Villeneuve-de-Bay and we're Cannes-sur-Mer, and I go for a run. And it's on the border of the seashore. And I could walk easily to that other village, but I I actually got stopped. And um, this is where a policeman was checking kind of like the, um, this is where the policeman was checking the border lines. He said that you are living in Cannes-sur-Mer, you have to stay within Cannes-sur-Mer. So that's like one big thing. We just can't walk freely from one village to another. And they're so close. They're neighboring. They're so close. They're, we're maybe three kilometers away. Like our, the whole village is three kilometers or something like that. Just to, just to add to that. So from a New York perspective, that to me feels like I live in the East Village. I probably couldn't go and walk to the West Village if I wanted to. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. You really have to stay within your boroughs, if that's what you want to call it. Um, or even more specifically, just like certain blocks, and that's it. You can't go outside of it. Other restrictions uh, is that you, if you have multiple people living in your household, you can't go grocery shopping together. You can't go walk your dog together. We have our dog, Stan, and we have to offset it. So I take the morning walk, and Lay takes the evening walk. And the recent restriction that's been put in place is we have a maximum one hour to be outside. So we have to timestamp it. So I've got my one hour with Stan in the morning and Lay's got the one hour with Stan in the evening, which again takes away something that we enjoyed being together and doing something together, but that's just not a normal thing that we can do anymore. And then if we break these rules, you get fines. So originally the first fine cost 38 euros and then people were so non-compliant that they augmented the price to 135 euros. And just to ask, what is the fine for? Is it for being outside without the paper stating who you are and why you're out? Like, what's the fine for? Yeah, uh, so the fine is, yeah, if you don't have the paper, first of all, uh, or if you have the piece of paper, but uh, they've 
like found you were not in your particular village. Oh yeah, I'm actually going grocery shopping, but really you're in another village and you're like, well, that we've found seven different grocery stores that you could have gone to. So they would fine you for that. Or if you're now outside of the time limit, they would fine you for that. If you get fined multiple times up to a maximum of four times within one month, so 30 days, uh, you will be fined $3,700 and imprisoned up to six months. That's four fines in 30 days, $3,700 and six months imprisoned. Wow. And where does this money go? Does this just go to the government? What's the, do you know where this money goes? It goes to the government, but there is actually a large petition going around uh, that the people of France um, would like that money allocated to hospitals to pay for supplies, to pay for the overtime for the caregivers and medical teams. Um, we haven't heard any updates of that particular petition, but it is circulating. So I'll share with you how I'm feeling this week. And I'm curious to get your thoughts on this because I feel like France and you in particular are like one week ahead of what I'm going through. I almost feel like I couldn't look to you to be like, okay, great. You know, you mentioned that two days ago was one of your darkest days. So if I calculate that for myself, I guess that's three days away. So I'll make sure I stock up on the, I don't know, I've been fine. Yeah, on the booze. All these other things, who knows, whatever yeah. vices, whatever vices are legal in, in the U.S., I'll say that that's what I'm leaning right. on. I feel mm-hmm. I took a break from the news and wow, what an impact that made. Huge impact. Like I, I feel concerning, like a concerning level of okay right now. I'm like, mm-hmm. this level of okay there is this undercurrent of panic or trauma or whatever you want to call it. And I know it's there, but somehow I feel okay. And I just know that that is not going to last. Like that can't last, but I'm still looking at the news just not as much as I was. Cuomo was saying that the number of cases that will happen in New York is higher than anticipated. And the speed at which those cases are transmitted is also faster. So you have these two things that individually are not great. You bring them together. And initially he was saying the apex, this moment of the peak number of cases, he was saying about last week, he was like, that's 45 days away. We pro- we project 45 days away. Yesterday he said that could be as early as 10 days from now and as late as 21 days from now. That is not far. Mm-hmm. So I know that the reality in New York is about to get quite dire. And mm-hmm. it's such a weird thing to exist within because when else in the history of the world have we known that something is going to be so awful, but we have this much time to think about it in advance? Mm-hmm. So I feel okay right now, but I'm like, I know that this won't last for long. And I'm only, I'm not even at two weeks of working out of my apartment. Like, I get why Tom Hanks made a volleyball into his friend. Like, I'm I'm joking, but I'm also not joking. Like, this weekend I made a joke. I bought a plant. I'm like, this is my boyfriend. But, like, I'm looking at this plant right now. I, <laughs> I'm just like, I know I'm going to come crashing down, right? I'm going to come crashing down, right? Yeah. We have to, we have to um, face this head on and say, yes, it, it is a legit like elevator ride we we will have our highs and then we will have our low lows um and then we have to kind of learn from our last low basically um if we can do that then then maybe the duration of 
the sadness and the terror and the pain will be shorter every time it goes until this whole pandemic has been cleaned up. For anyone that's listening, Kay, Kay reached out to me in response to um, one of my episodes last week, which was pretty dark. The one that starts with me, I'm on my bed and it's dark and I've been crying all day, but for some reason I think I should record myself now and put it on public <laughs> record <laughs> because I've lost my mind and I seem to think that this is a good idea. No, I think it's important to document this as much as we can. That's why I'm doing this. But um, you reached out to me because you said to me, Jacqueline, I need to talk to you. I have felt how you feel and yes. I feel much better this week. And I mean, we're all going to be taking this day by day, but tell me about, you've been now in this full quarantine where you're basically not allowed to leave unless it's to walk your dog or go to the pharmacy or go to the grocery store. You've now Mm -hmm. been in this for over a week or a week exactly. Can you take me through how that has mentally felt for you, if uh, that's okay to ask? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Like I said earlier, it has been a roller coaster. So it started off, um, calm. I felt like I'm, I'm generally, I have a disposition of like a very happy person. Like I'm an optimist. I can see the good in any situation. And I thought of this when they said quarantine 15 days, that's not going to be a problem. Um, I can manage it. I'm lucky in the sense that I have my dog. I have my wife here. We're both healthy. Her parents are healthy. Um, and they live 35 minutes away. We can get to them if there was anything were to happen um and i and i thought this is going to be a time for self-reflection this is going to be a time where i could you know further my ability to speak french because i'm not fluent like i'd like to be and then and then you start to um read the news and see the slow evolution of things and how it's infuriating to to see certain people and certain governments um and their lack of reaction or lack of belief to this whole situation. They're so cavalier about people's lives, and that's what started to bother me, and that's what started to kind of hit home for me. And then you, like I said, you think of the what if, and it started to to dawn on me that there are going to be so many people uh, financially um, in ruins because of this. Like, we were starting our own company, we were providing uh, ecological resources for, for restaurants, instead of plastic straws, we were finding other materials. And that's like a complete hold because there is no budget for this kind of uh, material right now. And so uh, this is one small thing, we haven't even really gone into it, but there are so many other small businesses in our neighborhood that are going to suffer if not completely lose their livelihoods. So that was one other thing. And then I'm thinking about all my colleagues who are home alone and don't have, uh, they just moved into this particular city, they have no one, they're adjusting to that lifestyle, and they and they have nowhere to go, and no one to talk to, really. So it's the isolation, it's the future desolation of their uh, businesses and their livelihoods that started to dawn on me, and so like I was going into an internal kind of uh, anguish, and then I heard your podcast, mm-hmm. and I was like, wow, that's exactly what I went through. I would love to discuss that with her. And I don't know about you, but I, I found it cathartic to share what I was feeling and knowing that I'm not alone in this. And then I feel like it's also helpful when you talk to someone that feels has the same fears and the same realizations, and then you can potentially find solutions together, right? Mm-hmm. And you 
you also now have another connection where you're like, oh, this person isn't feeling great. I want to help them out. There's that kind of give and take as well, right? It makes me think of the, I believe it's an Albert Einstein quote, which is you should spend 99% of your time figuring out the question and then the 1% mm-hmm. on the solution. And maybe going into how things feel emotionally and sort of not necessarily spiraling, but, you know, going deep into, all right, I'm considering the socioeconomic impact of this. I'm considering the health impact of this, the global aspect of this. As I say this, my daily, every 10 minutes, there's sirens. It's like, even even if I forget for a moment what's happening, it's like, oh, no, there are the sirens. But you can't. Yeah, you can't. No, you can't. Well, it's right. it's hard. But you know, it's with the sirens, though, I will say, I try to look at it as it's a good thing, because that means mm-hmm. that someone's getting help. So I don't know. That's how I look at it right That's now. Good. It's a good spin. But as you mentioned, this idea of going into these different headspaces around this, as much as it might feel to an on an individual level, like it's spiraling. I think it's in a sense trying to figure out, okay, what is it that I'm feeling so that I can eventually figure out what I need to do about it so that I can keep myself healthy, not just physically, but really big time mentally, Mm -hmm. because although there are going to be, you know, a catastrophic number of, of deaths because of this globally, and there will be, there already is a huge number. And just looking at how late London was to the game, how late the U.S. was to it. And you and I are both Canadian. Canada, I'm surprised, has not done that great either. Like, it's not nearly as bad as the U.S., but it's not great. Um, Mm -hmm. So when you think about the numbers and the death rate that we will likely see, I'm also concerned about the mental health. Like, I, you know, I I had a virtual, virtual therapy call yesterday, and I was just like, crying and this is what I've cried to a few people about over the last few days it's like I'm just afraid of how I will emerge from this mentally who is the person that I will be mm-hmm. after this and I try not to you know do what I've I learned yesterday from my therapist it's called catastrophic thinking and it's just like what if that happens and then that happens and then oh, and then and then I catch on fire and then a dog eats me and whatever the fuck um yeah but I do do that. <laughs> yeah, it's like a 2 a.m., you know, 3 a.m. YouTube spiral. Like, oh, just like, yeah. a, like a, an umpteenth level of, like, gravity. But yeah. I I agree that it's, it's not spiraling, but, like, leaning into your anxiousness and your fears and your questions and your worries um, will make you the better for it because you're asking all the right questions. I mean, I don't know about you, but it, for our age... Um, this is like right around the time frame that I started to do a lot of meditation, actually, and self-reflection and asking these questions. And wh- why do I think about these things or why am I worried about this particular concern that hasn't ever really happened in my life? Um, and, you know, I you might know a couple of people. I know certain people in my life who are going through depression Um and they, I find, I think that they might actually even be stronger, the strongest type of people going through this particular pandemic because they know what questions to ask themselves to kind of pull themselves out of those dips of despair. Mm. And that's a very interesting. To, yeah. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off. 
please no. not continue. It's always, you know, the, the awkwardness of video calls. Yeah, probably like, uh, okay. That, no, uh, you, no, you. No, no, no. no. You. <laughs> you don't. No, seriously. No, no, you. You go. Ahead. You go. You go. Okay. I'll go. I'll go. Oh, you want me to so. go? <laughs> oh you're frozen well i'll be edited out it's fine it's gonna no be good. i will i'll probably keep i'll probably keep that in <laughs> who's on first okay yeah, exactly. uh gone too long um so yeah so these guys are have a lot more they're, they're more equipped to face on these challenges it's any it's kind of like that situation anyone who's gone through trauma um ha- have like that's the silver lining they're the better for it they're a little bit more stronger they have thicker skin um whereas someone who's just been kind of sheltered and happy their whole life they can break a little bit easier so um for anyone who's going out who's out there who's like having the same kind of concerns and the anguish and anxiety that we've been feeling like yes let yourself feel these feelings but also don't forget to ask yourself these questions. You know, um, I was listening to a really good meditation the other day um, and they were asking questions. It was a live stream and they said, you know, how do you handle this type of anxiety? And they said, obviously, like, find out what your triggers are. You know, what what's your also what are your body bodily reactions to these triggers? And for me, two days ago was one of the worst days also. Um, and I, I was watching the news and I actually, for the first time in my life, felt the tightness in my chest and around my heart. And like, that was like, okay, my body is tingling and this is happening. I have to cut out the news. Like this is like a really big trigger. And so that's one thing that you mentioned in your other podcast is like, you know, have things that make you feel good as part of your treatment, your self-treatment, listen to music. I have my my Lizzo essentials on Apple music and thank God for her. Mm-hmm. Um, cause she's like the set off jams and I listen to that and I start cleaning and then I have my routine and I have my wine. So you can go into these dips and feel the sadness, but then also remember to pull yourself out because it, you, there is a possibility. There is light at the end of the tunnel because we're seeing it. There's positivity coming out from this pandemic. Do you think that it's accurate to say that what you're experiencing in France right now is like a week or two weeks ahead of what the U.S. and people in the U.S. are feeling right now? Um, I feel like that one week um, with the rapidity that's happening in the U.S. Um, is slowly coming down like to a few more days. It's it's just the 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 speed of the cases and finally the testing that's happening in the US, um, it's gonna get so dire a lot faster, to be perfectly honest. And the people are starting to really, really get it. Um, and the sanctions are gonna start to happen and the, the tighter restrictions are going to be placed. And it's gonna not happen in a week or so. Probably Monday, you guys will have some kind of notification from the government. I mean, that's a level-headed person thinking. Then again, I remember who your president is. But thank God you have Cuomo also. Wait, did you say my president? Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Please, I listened to your last podcast. I know. And you said my country. I know. No, I said our. I said our, not my. Our country, okay. When I say my, then then we know we've gone too far. That's a whole different ballgame. So let's wrap this up with... Mm-hmm. You know, this is all about documentation. I'm just trying to document what's going on, how it feels, 
Anything else that you feel like we haven't touched on that you just want to put, you know, on record feels so serious and severe, but anything else that you just want to put out there? Because, you know, I've got a good number of people that seem to be tuning in to this from all around the world. Anything specific to you? Anything specific to France that you... Two things. One is a, a big thank you, really, to you, because, again, having being able to like connect with someone else and again share the same uh, fears but then also look to the positivity i really enjoy listening to your podcasts uh because i can relate so much and then there are different tips and t- uh, that i can take with me and i found james to be super insightful i i find information also stabilizing as much as it is damaging a big part of me like probably like yourself as well we need that information because that lack of information I find can also be devastating. And we know this to be true. So the lack of information um, can be great, but also dire. And so it's terrible. It's terrible. So you have to have a balance. That's the one thing I will leave is find a balance of your information intake of your communication with your family and friends, because that's great for us. We find it cathartic to talk about all this and we'll let it go. And then there's going to be someone else who's going to probably pick up on this and be like, this is like the neat, like the, the straw that broke the camel's back. And now I feel awful today. But I mean, whether we're doing it or the news is doing it, it's going to happen. This is the reality, but just find your balance, find something that's going to make you happy again and focus on that for a little while. And then when you realize the reality of what our world is going through right now, let that sink in. Don't numb yourself from that. Because when you numb yourself from that, then it can be even more dangerous. And then go from there. That's a very interesting point, this idea that, because I think myself and a lot of my friends this week are in this, I feel so amazing. I've turned off the news and who knew I could feel so great? And it's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, definitely. And that's a good thing to acknowledge. But... We also need to know what's going on because this thing is evolving so quickly, so rapidly, and especially if the U.S. and other parts of the world start to become as strict as France, where if you leave your house and you don't have this piece of paper and you don't have the means to pay for the fine that you're going to get for not having the paper, you're then going to be out of pocket almost $400. Right. We need to know these things. So yeah, it is how do you strike the balance between a healthy news intake so that you're up to date, you're informed, but you're also not spiraling into like a black hole of, of what feels like despair a lot of the time. Um, cool. Well, Kay, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And thank you again for reaching back out to me last week. And I mentioned, uh, last, you know, in in an episode not long ago that one of the silver linings here is these connections that we've always had with people, um, and something about the guards seem to have come down and people are just sending out love and uh, connection and it's a beautiful thing. So thank you for reaching out and thank you for talking with me. And for anyone that's listening, Kay has also connected me with another one of our high school friends who is currently living in Hong Kong. So I'm going to talk to her probably next week sometime. And, um, yeah, I know myself and anyone that's listening really appreciates your time. So thank you so much. It's a great pleasure. Thanks for having me.